All right. Well, if you want to just send it, send it. Just send um, it. <clears throat> okay. So what were we talking about before? Uh, oh, we were talking creating movies. <laughs> the same thing we talk about all the time, making movies. <laughs> making movies. Yeah. No, I think, I think it, it's, it's really important to go over this script like 400,000 times because as I'm reading it more and more and more, there's just tiny things. Like even if it's honestly, even if it's a word spelled incorrectly, you start seeing, yeah, it's, it's interesting when, I also, when I'm reading the script again and again and again, I'm finding out that there's parts that I really don't like, like yeah. at all, at all. And obviously I'm not even the one, I didn't even write the, the script, right? But being part of a creative team, you have to make suggestions, even if it might hurt the writer's feelings. Sometimes, yeah. Kind of sucked, but if it's all for the, you know, to make the film better, then it normally ends up really well. Yeah, yeah. and it also, I think it helps a lot when like writer production team are on like the same page. Like I've had situations where like, I've been with a production team where they've been, they've given me notes on a script and I've been like, yeah, great, absolutely, so in, let's do this. And then there's been times that I've gotten notes on something and been like, did you read the same script that I wrote? Because that doesn't make any sense. That, something's not adding up. Something's not working <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Going back to what you were saying, Ramsey, about like the spelling being corrected. Oh, yeah. Like, being correct. It makes a huge difference because how you read the script just with your eyes and your brain will like affect how you understand it and like how Big you time. understand the scenes, how these lines are said. And yeah, and sometimes get... you go through a scene and you're like, how do we get this to sound right natural when we're shooting it, you know? Yeah, big time. And it's so hard. See, this is something that I learned after shooting Fire Island. It is really hard to compare what you see in your head when you're reading the, you know, the script before you start shooting because you're you're filling in the holes subconsciously when there's a plot hole you're just you're not thinking about it when you're just reading the script it might read really well on paper but when you actually get there and start filming like i said earlier you're like oh wait oh shit wait a minute wait 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 wait, wait. how did we go from here to here why is it day to night and then back to day how did this get by me when i'm reading it and I didn't see it. it the whole team didn't see it you know you yeah. don't put it on yourself yeah. but everybody we had four five six seven people reading it and and nobody picks up on something that is glaringly obvious when you start filming yeah it's it's craziness yeah i i stuff like that is always insane to me it's just that like when you've put like seven drafts together and it's just been like a little too long since you like sat down and did what you said, like just read through the full thing and not just like, oh, let me make sure that the scene I put in fits with the scene before and the scene after. But like, let me make sure this whole through line like actually works. And then I'm not yeah. just like, yep, it works. Yep, it works. Yep, it works. Yeah, there have been times I've done that and gotten like halfway through a script and been like, oh shit, like <laughs> I have 20 changes that I have to make because change A affected like seven other things that I didn't realize it actually clicked into. So now yeah. I've got to fix the track. Yeah, and, and with us sending to right now, we're set, you know, we're, we're still auditioning for this next film I'm doing. And we're sending up the script to a lot of these agents because they want the full script. They want to, you know, they don't want to have any surprises in there that they don't know about. They're signing their, their people up for something they don't want to do. Right. And 
we're sending out the script to these people and then I'll read the script that we're sending out and be like, guys, there's a, there's a typo here. There's a yeah. typo here. It makes, it makes you look a little unprofessional. It's like, obviously stuff getting slipped through the cracks. You're not going to be able to catch everything all the time. But it, it's definitely, I don't want to say embarrassing, but when you're like sending them to people like Jonathan Bennett, <laughs> you're like, come on guys, we got, how do we spell apples wrong? Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> I've had those situations. It used to be back in college, I would send Jacob a script and I'd just get like three pages of note, notes back about grammar. And I'd be like, yeah. yeah, I'll get to it. I'll fix the spelling at some point. But then we started working like post-grad and like I got to the point where I would show it to Jacob as my like, hey, can you fix this for grammar before I show it to anybody else? Cause my eye is gonna miss it. Right, yeah. But I started getting scripts from people that I would read and be like, I like this but there's so many typos in it that like, I no longer trust you as a filmmaker. Right. Cause I think polishing, like- Polishing is so important to the actual, it takes you out of it. I'm yeah. When you're reading a script and apples are spelled incorrectly, you're like, well, why the, why? You're going, well, they must not have gone through the script enough if they missed this. Exactly. Yeah, it's reading a script and just being like, why is a word on the first page misspelled? That just, it puts you on your back foot and you're just like, uh. It's the small things. One of the mistakes that, that we made that I, I recognize is we've had this script for years, for like three, four years. And at the very end, um, there's a, a small page that has contact information, you know, because we've been sending the script out. And the date on the script was from 2019. And I was like, guys, we sent this out like four weeks ago. I was like, guys, why does it say 2019? Like, it looks like we're not updating. We're not working on it regularly when we are, but that's why we have, we have three, four different people go through the script. Every script that we have, we have three, four people run through it because everybody's eyes are different. You're going to see things yeah. that somebody else is not going to see at all. It's something we were talking about before the podcast started, but I wanted to mention again, just like sitting down with like friends and just being like hey I got a bunch of actor friends let's just read through this so that those moments of like how did we miss that scene a does not fit with scene c just gets thinned out in readings because you're going wait something just didn't work because I'm confused and I've read this script 30 times and I don't know how we got here yeah big time no it's it's really important and, and that's actually one of the processes that that I use as well as we send out even if it's not the whole thing we'll send out parts of our script to, to people to read. If we have, if we're stuck on something and it, usually it's not a script we're working on or about to film. Right. Um, usually it's, it's one that we have, we're really interested in. For example, uh, this would be this next film that we really want to do, a Western film. We might send that script out to a bunch of people now and start having like getting feedback on it now so that we're not doing it last minute while we're trying to cast or something like that, you know? Right. Because yeah. like I said, I, we made we made that mistake already we we are, are casting a role and change the character because some of the scenes we, we wanted to change and make the character give the character more depth and yeah. now the auditions are like well her mannerisms have to change you know her her tone and and everything about different her character, character now yeah then you go into the auditions and you're like well this person was fantastic but the, it's not the same character anymore <laughs> Oh my gosh, we did that with the web series that we're doing right now. We, we sent out auditions and the character description was like, she's soft-spoken. She's quiet and soft-spoken. And then right. we got all these auditions back and I sent them to our creator and our creator was like, 
she's not fiery enough. She's not like, there's not like a drive to her. I was, she's fighting for a relationship. And I was like, you know, in the script, you wrote that she's soft spoken, right? And she was like, I did? And like read back through it and was like, oh no, I meant that like, she's kind of like ashamed of what happened. Not like she's quiet. And I was like, oh. We ended up finding somebody that like managed to get the character right. But it was right. one of those just like, how did we miss this? Just like realizing that a character in our heads was one way and that the way the character had ended up on paper just like didn't fit. Yep. Nuts. So where, where are you guys shooting? You guys are shooting web series in and around New York City, right? Yeah. yeah. Trying to do it here a little bit upstate. Um, just trying to get located. Locations are a nightmare, honestly. Locations, I was about to say, because permitting and locations and all the horse shit you have to, yeah. you have to sift through just to get the right spot is, is brutal. And that is what I'm really, really nervous about for the scouting trip that I'm going on for the next film. It's like, this is a one shot. We have one shot at getting this right and choosing the location we really want. And I'm very, very I'm excited um, because we have a great uh, locations team there already, but I'm very nervous that we're going to get there and uh, the directors might not like one or two spots or um, we might change the script a little bit. <laughs> and now where, you know, um, yeah, obviously sure. I think we're at the point now where everything kind of has to get locked in here. Um, we yeah. have about, a, you know, two months out, but uh, yeah, I'm nervous, man. Locations always scare me because you can you can get one location wrong and it'll change your whole script. You might even change the story if you can't fit it in right. I feel like you guys got super lucky for Fire Island. We got very lucky, very lucky. I will always love true location shoots because they just feel so authentic. Um, after we did our first one in Miami in a green screen studio, um, that was really fun, really cool. But when after we went to Fire Island and started shooting on like all these cool locations, I couldn't. I, it's got to be that from now on for me. Yeah. Like, I love that so much. But yeah, we did get super, super lucky. Every location that we had just worked out really well. Yeah. I think the one thing that we struggled with was filling out the club. But um, with COVID, it's really hard to get a ton of people in a small space like that. Of course, yeah. Uh, with, you know, because we were testing all these background actors and um, yeah. all the whole crew is in there. And, it, and the club was actually still kind of open like people were still kind of meandering in <laughs> i feel like what are you guys doing yeah <laughs> like dude uh, yeah so it's interesting uh but locations are definitely very in terms of pre-production there might be the most important thing uh yeah. to me at least um because you can write the greatest script on the planet but if if you're filming inside an abandoned plane i don't know what to tell you like good luck finding a location with that you have to build that out or you know what i mean like there's right. certain things that you're just not going to be able to do if you can't have access to them or find something that might work so locations is massively important yeah, yeah. i mean originally when we first started making films together me and jacob i would write for what locations we had it would be like okay i know i have two college apartments i know i have my apartment in the city i know i have jacob's apartment and i know we have like an upstate house so like, what can we film that uses those locations and nothing else? Because I am not paying somebody to like rent a bar. Yeah. yeah. Ramsey, our whole thing is that we've got no budget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, I, I respect that a lot because you guys have to work four or five, six, seven times as hard because there's like, you guys have a lot of uh, more work to do because you're, 
nobody say you're not going to a bar and being like, hey man, here's a thousand dollars. Can we film it here? Yeah. It's like it's a lot of like, hey, we favors. need a living room. Can like we borrow your place? Can we like use your bedroom for a day? Like yeah. that's what I'm finding a lot with the web series that we're doing now is like, sure, there's a couple locations that are like four hundred dollars a day that we could like throw money down on. That'd be awesome. But yeah. if we spend that kind of money on our locations, then our budget is all locations and then everything else has to be shot for nothing. Yeah. Which is like, well, we also want to get the right equipment so that it actually looks like a good project and not like <laughs> right. amateurish. So do we pay location? Do we pay equipment? Do we pay for food? It, like it's so, it's, so many uh, expenses. Trying to balance a, a lot there. On, on, I think that's the hardest thing too is um, when, when you do get a little bit of a budget. I think it was really like, pulling out hair stressful when you knew the money you allocated for a specific department was not enough. It was like, well, you, you almost hit a wall and you're like, well, where can we, where can we, how can we fix this? Where can we go from here? Cause it's not my money. I'm not the one putting it. I'm representing this other dude's money. And you know, if, if I'm starting to realize a lot of these executive producers, they have no patience none mm. like if you are not on your your game all the time and very transparent and like one of the ways on fire island i'll be candid on fire island you know we had a, an, an initial budget we went well over right originally we, we had it like very small like we, we were like oh how can we shoot this for as little as possible right nothing and i don't want to say we went you know like hundreds of thousands of dollars over because that's right. were you still cool. micro budget we were we were ultra low okay so we're ultra low and, you know, some things are like, oh, wait, this is actually, we, we might need to keep this person for a day longer or we might need to hire one more guy and might need to do this. And it starts adding up quickly, quickly. And, you know, that's when you start sweating. You're like, well, we're, our calculations are putting us a little bit over where we thought we were going to be. And it's, it's like, that is, that's like losing sleep levels of stress. Yeah. That part of it is not fun, but I understand it. Like it's, it's all it's all part of part of uh, being a producer of anything is is taking on that stress because nobody else really knows what's going on. You know, all the other guys just expect to get paid at the end of it or every week. You know, like nobody's really worried about it until all well, the bills come in. <laughs> get their money. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, a producer once told me that uh, every budget should be the amount that you need to make the movie and then add 10 percent for everything that's going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I think that's. I think that's uh, that 10% of the little, uh, it might be, need to be more like 25. 25, 30? <laughs> 25 to 30, I would say. Damn. <laughs> Let's stick with that. Uh, but no, you, you do what you can. And, and um, I think we were blessed with a, uh, an executive producer that was, he's just so passionate. Shout out to Steve. He is so passionate and um, he understands that we, we don't want to, we don't want to, jump over things we shouldn't do. we don't want to skip out on stuff you know we don't want to make a, a cheap product at the end of the day like we've already put so much time and effort into it that he was he was willing to go go the distance with us no matter what you know he was like if we need to shoot another day we're going to shoot another day because i'm not going to let us fail like he also put a lot of the burden on himself in terms of he felt kind of like the grandfather of the project which he really was you know like he wanted to take a lot of that responsibility on himself too, which I respect so much because all he, like an executive producer, 
yeah, you, you are the big boss at the end of the day, but you can kind of sit back and do nothing. He was on set every day. He was really invested. I think when, when it turns into like a passion project, you, you kind of act a little differently. And for him, it turned into a passion project for sure. Nice. Um, and he, he started getting super, super invested. And it actually made it, in my opinion, much, much better for everybody. Um, and yeah, so it, it's, it's definitely stressful because I consider him a friend, like a very close friend of mine now after dealing, dealing you know, with all the business stuff together and thinking on that side. And it's tough, man. You really don't want to let those people down because right. they're putting a lot of responsibility on you and, and you can really get in your head about it. You know, I, I definitely experienced that a lot on Fire Island where it's like, damn, am I, am I letting Steve down? You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to let him down. I don't want to be that guy. So. No, I don't think you he, were though. I think you ran into like unexpected problems yeah. that like he was happy to fix because he saw how hard everyone was working on that set right. you know and there he was hadn't no had doubt. that experience yeah yeah i remember he told us he had a conversation with us jacob where he was like i've never had this sort of experience before i i never i knew how movies were made but i i didn't realize it was like this and uh he he didn't realize that there were so many moving parts so many moving pieces so many players in the game like there's so many yeah. things going on and everybody has to pull their own weight or you are going to be able to tell something is wrong and right. i think he noticed it very quickly and he jumped on board and got with us and, and really stuck in the mud with everybody and like i said he was up on those late nights you know we had a lot of overnights and my man was there as much as he could be you know so yeah i think i think it was a, a really great experience but that stress is, is definitely different that stress mm -hmm. is tough man. having that uh that extra 25 to 30% helps alleviate that stress a little bit. Big time. <laughs> big time. And right, you never know if you're actually going to get it. But yeah. Big yeah. Uh, and seeing as we are like well over 25 to 30% of the way through the podcast, we should probably like introduce ourselves at some point. Um, oh, sure. So hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to us talk <laughs> for like 25 minutes about filmmaking. It's kind of a fun time. Welcome to the Black Wolves Podcast. My name is Logan Riley Bruner. Hey, hey, I'm Jacob Wade. And I'm Ramsey Heidman. Yeah, we're joined this week by special guest Ramsey Heitman, who we just like, we started with 10 minutes of conversation before this podcast started. And then we're like, we should record the rest of this conversation because it's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, but we're thrilled to have you here, Ramsey. We're, we're really excited to get to, to chat with you for the second half of this podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think when it goes to show, we, we, we just love uh, talking about this stuff. I could talk about it for hours oh yeah dude. it's our lives talking about making yeah. movies is the greatest i know you've talked about it in your interview before but i like to do it for the podcast do you want to just quickly talk about just like how you know jacob and me how you know black wolves like what your connection does with sure yeah so i i graduated purchase uh 2019 with you guys um, my senior project was working directly with uh jacob logan and jeremy um and we got really close after that and um that's when i got um interested in black wolves um, and introduced to black wolves and um, I, I've been hovering around and I, I haven't been able to work directly with you guys on black wolves much yet but behind, yet but behind the scene and just talking about projects I think it's helped uh, both of us you know we have a lot that we relate to so I, I'm always keeping tabs on everything that's going on um, I'm on all the social medias so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm invested in, in the uh, in the gangs so yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think my biggest thing with uh, us collaborating has just been like, it's really nice to have people coming out of college that are like doing it, like just in the, yeah. in the ground. Like there were a lot of people that graduated that I hoped would do it, but to watch you like, Ramsey is one of those people that like puts his money where his mouth is. 
And so like, when he said like, I'm gonna produce features, that's what he did. He, he went out into the world and started producing features. And so like to have someone that actually like went and did it is, is awesome. Thank you, man, I appreciate that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, going off of that, that project in Miami, first of all, how is it looking? Cause green screen is like for a first project to work on, I feel like that's like an intimidating feat to accomplish. Yeah. It looks good in my opinion. I like it a lot. It actually was just accepted into the Prague International Film Festival um, as of yesterday. So I'm very right. excited um, in the short film category. Uh, it ended up being like 15 minutes long, which is great. That's all we need. Please, no no longer <laughs> too much That's green screen. Um, but yeah, that was very intimidating. I mean, we walked into that knowing that it was going to be fully green screen and knowing that it was fully dependent on post-production really. Because we knew we could get it done uh, during the shooting, we had all the costumes, we had everything, we had the set, everything looks great, but it was mm -hmm. all down to post-production and if that, yeah. we had one guy, one guy do the green screen, do all that stuff, we had one guy, and it was this, this French man, and he was like, I can do it, and you know, he, he talked about putting his money where his mouth is, we were like, dude, if, if, if you say you can do this, we're going to put our faith in you, you know, which I don't suggest doing often, don't put all your eggs in one basket, don't ever do that. But we did that, and yeah. um, I'm happy with how it turned out. It um, is he the editor too, or just like the key? Yeah, so, the green so we have a sound guy that, that did a lot of the sound uh, sound mixing. We he edited everything together, um, and we have a colorist just completing some final things now. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he works months and months and months on it. Um, and there are still parts that I see that you know, it's tough because you you have this budget. You know, we we had. Um, we had, it, it was ultra low budget, which was nice, but we had um, a certain amount of money. We knew that we couldn't get um, Avatar, you know, we're not gonna get this team of, you know, uh, editors and green screen people. We're not gonna get all that CGI work done. So um, for what we, we paid, I'm very happy. I think the story as a short film works really well. I think the fight scenes are, are cool. The costumes are gorgeous. Um, I think it really works well as a great pitch to, hey, this is what we had and this is what we made. Give us a little bit more and we will turn this into whatever you want, really. Right. Um, and I mentioned our executive producer. This was his kind of child. You know, this was his original creation. Um, and this is actually how we met him was this film. Um, he brought it to us and, and it was, you know, went from there. So we're nice. still trying to apply to a bunch of other festivals. But in terms of intimidating, yeah, we just walked into a green box and we're like, all right, <laughs> where do we go from here? Yeah. So um, I'm excited. It's definitely going to be out really soon. I'm really excited. We're going to have a premiere, I think, in New York City, a little small short one that hopefully we'll get the Black Wolves in, uh, involved in. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, That's excited. awesome. Definitely intimidating and definitely very scary. Yeah, oh, it's okay. nice to see everything pay off, though, you know? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. What's something that you learned going coming out of Fire Island, going into your next project? What's the biggest uh, takeaway for you? I think the biggest takeaway is make sure, well, two things. I think continuity is far more important uh, and far more prevalent than people think. Having a script supervisor is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Having a department that runs with continuity is very, very important. Because um, we had a lot of uh, times where a bag was missing and we're like, well, or earrings are not where they should be in the makeup room or the, sorry, the uh, wardrobe room. There's mm -hmm. just small things that 
you should not be stressing over there's so much going on and and you know a hundred people running a hundred different directions and you're telling me the earrings are not placed where they should have been and now we're all scrambling you know jacob jeremy and i are sprinting around trying to find earrings you know it's like like that that's definitely a big one and i think the other one is what we were speaking about a little earlier with reading the script um over and over and over again like I said, it is very easy for you to imagine exactly how that script is going to go uh, when you're reading it. Like you can picture everything and your brain automatically will fill in the holes. That's the big thing is when you're reading it, it looks good. It sounds good. You're like, wow, I can see this on, on camera. I can see this on the film, you know, on, on, on the screen. And I know it's going to be great. That's not true. That is not true. Do not fall into that trap. We fell yeah. into that trap. We fixed a lot of it, which is great. But um, there are definitely still parts where I think we could have done much better in terms of the plot, like in terms of filling in holes that maybe should have been filled. And that's not to say the film is bad. I think it's really entertaining. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy it. Um, but, it, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously at the end of the day, which is great. But yeah. there's still parts that we could have done way better if uh, maybe we had realized, you know, if we read this four, five, six more times, we might catch this and be like, well, actually... Maybe we add a scene here. Maybe right. we, this character needs a little more depth here, here, and here, you know? Um, and that is definitely something that I'm bringing into the next one. Because when you have a little bit of money flying around, I mean, time, it's, it, it's constantly ticking. That money is constantly burning, constantly. Yeah. And you can't, like, you can't just, oh, let me add this. Oh, let me add, like, it all has to be done well, well in advance, has to be budgeted, scheduled for. Um, and yeah, guerrilla filmmaking is great. You can do it on the fly. You know, we're going to have to do that anyway. I think everybody ends up having to do that. Um, but yeah, just being really, really organized and really specific and making sure the plot is complete in every way. Yeah. You no, know, nothing just happens in the film just to happen. Everything has a reason. Like everything needs to have a purpose to drive the plot. I think a lot of storytellers and a lot of filmmakers read their scripts and immediately are like, yeah, this makes sense in my head. This makes sense in my head. But Logan, like, like we were talking about, you send it out to a couple other people. They're like, Hey, well, why did this go from day to night to day? And, and nothing happened. Like time is flying by. So this character is just kind of existing and not doing anything. It doesn't push anybody forward. Like that's, that's the big thing. Uh, those are the two big takeaways, continuity and, and really being decisive and, and, uh, and really pushing the plot and making sure there are no holes anywhere because uh, yeah. you're going to see them. You're going to see them. I think, I think you're like, at least taking from what you're saying, you're kind of talking about having two different people whose job is essentially the same thing is like having two people who's, who are both dedicated to making sure the continuity, the continuation of the movie makes sense, whether that's from the script perspective of a writer or the like filmmaking perspective of a script supervisor is like just making sure that the movie feels like one movie I've definitely noticed like as I've worked on other projects and just like our own stuff, the Frankenstein's monstering that happens with scripts, the <laughs> idea of like, oh, we're gonna get to set and day one, we're gonna shoot scene 15. But the director doesn't really like this one line in scene 15, so we'll change it. It's whatever, we don't care. Oh shit, now it's day 12. And that one line that we didn't record in scene 15 actually comes back in this scene <laughs> and we didn't shoot it. So we yeah. can't reference it. So we have to change this. And oh no, that's going to change scene 94. Because in scene 94, I make a reference to the line in scene 26 that's also in scene 15. It's, 
just dominoes yep. dominoes and having one person who can just look back through the script and be like okay i get why you want to change this line but this line pops up seven other places so we need to either not change it here or figure out how to change it everywhere right no I, it, it really is because you change one thing and the next thing you know is everything else starts falling you know something just doesn't make sense when you watch it again you're like well what this isn't he shouldn't have done that now because he didn't do it over here, right. you know, but it, definitely. No, I think, I think that's extremely important. And, and honestly, we, we have uh, right now, we have a great, in my opinion, great script supervisor. Um, it was the first thing that we did. <laughs> Let's, we're getting that lockdown, finding somebody in Ireland. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> Get stuck Please. in with us in pre-production. You are getting stuck in with us and we are going to go through the whole thing. You're going to know this, 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 and this, and that's, you know, you're, you're talking to the locations department, you know, you, you're filling them in on everything because I'm not, we're, can't, you can't, we literally cannot afford to make that mistake again. The amount of like margin of error when it comes to making a film is huge because it can yeah. come from any department at any time. Everyone's got to be on their game. And I feel like you got to have like a backup for your main guy always in whatever department. Like I'm not talking about actors. Like yeah. you got to have like... <laughs> Jacob and I experienced that firsthand on Fire Island. <laughs> we had a, uh, just, just to go into a quick story about it, if you don't mind, we had a, um, I'm not going to name names, but we had a, a member, a head of a department um, who we had trusted um, and, and put it, like I said, eggs in one basket, don't do it. But again, eggs in one basket for us. And uh, he ended up, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but he ended up leaving the team shortly after he got there and kind of left a lot of people scrambling. Um, and, and like, it was a pivotal, sorry, pivotal role in the film. Like, uh, he wasn't an actor, but he was a pivotal part of the crew. And we were like, oh man, like calling people the day of. And, and again, this is during COVID. That person has to get tested. They can't come in right away. Yep. You know, you have to interview them and they get them tested. And, and sometimes you're just like, let me rush somebody in because we're kind of scrambling now because if one person goes, yeah. somebody else has to pick up all the weight that they left. Yeah. And the department that this person left was huge. So we had four or five different people say, you know what, I'll pick up the slack. Jacob, Jeremy, and I all went out of our way and be like, you know what, we'll take a little bit of the weight. We'll take a little bit, not all of it because it's too much, but we'll take a little bit. And we're just, you know, with all the PAs and everybody was scrambling. Um, but that's, that's what happens too when you're making a movie and you have a sort of skeleton crew because we really did. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know how many people do we have, Jacob, ended up 25. Right? I think, yeah, 18. I was going to say 15 to 25, period. Yeah. 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 So it, when you have that small of a crew, everybody's the head of their own department. And if one person goes, you don't really have a backup. Yeah, and I, I want to point out, because both of you being like 25 people skeleton crew, like I know there's already somebody watching it being like, you had 25 people, how is that a skeleton crew? Because that's a skeleton crew. That's that is like, nobody. That's nothing. Like production, major productions, and I don't think people realize this, have like 200, 300 people. Yeah. Like just half of them don't even show up on set. Half of them are like yeah. the accountant that's back at the office, like running numbers to make sure that our lunch total is not going to go over. Right. Like, oh, it's absurd. Well, look, I, just, I, I was working on a film uh, now in the health and safety department. Um, actually, uh, Jacob, under uh, our boy, Harry, was working oh. with him, which is Harry. great. Shout out to Harry. Um, and I uh, had a great time doing it. Um, but I... <laughs> You know, we're testing everybody three times a week 
three times a week. Three times, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're testing everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean the 100 people that we're testing. And I'm like, I, we go from Fire Island to this, and this is a big budget. This was a big budget film. Um, it was an indie film, but it was big budget. Yeah. And I, you could tell it's big budget because you have 100 people just running around and half the time you're like i don't who are you i don't even know who this is yeah and i introduce i have to say hi to everybody every day in the morning right so i'm i'm the one being like hey good morning did you get tested today can i do this can i help you with this and i don't every day i'm like there's 20 more people that show up and i'm like who are you how are you like what's going on so yeah it is 25 <laughs> is wildly small we were on an island that was not easy to get to we uh, did not have any replacements on the island. We had to test in advance. You know, we, we had to then house new people coming in. It was it was a lot. Um, but I actually, I will say, I enjoy that small crew a little bit more than I think being a part of a massive one, just because it is far more, it's more intimate. I mean, yeah. it's like, have a, you, that's your family for the next three, four weeks. And like I said, I think it, I think it, it was um, emphasized a little bit because we were on that and we yeah. were like, you can't just go, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you can't just like, what are you going to do? You know, everybody was really stuck in, had to be fully there all the time and right. um, staying in the same hotel and staying in the same place also helped a lot because everybody's with each other all the time. And yeah, that causes a little bickering here and everybody gets tired and, you know, you know I don't want to see this person today. I don't like this person today, whatever, mm. but at the end of the day, you're like, dude, we, we're making a movie. Everybody has to be on it. You know, there's there's a lot of camaraderie and brotherhood that was built. Um, oh yeah. In, in those couple of weeks that we were filming, but I, I actually like that. I think I like that more. And I, that's what we're gonna have in Ireland again. We're, we'll probably have a little bit more, a little bit more people over there. But um, I, I still think it's gonna be a, a pretty tight knit group, um, yeah. thirty people maybe max. Amazing. So, I was just thinking that while I was on Fire Island for the time that I was there, it felt like. A big family you know yeah. like you got to you got to know extended family and like i feel like we were all like really close just in that like 10 days that i was there and right. like i feel like i wish almost that we had more production meetings throughout the production yeah like there were more chances for everyone to come together and talk about like game plan for the day just like at the beginning who needs what from who because it changes from day to day Oh yeah. That see, Jacob, that's a great point. And that's another thing, another big takeaway is in Ireland, I spoke to Anthony and Miles. You know, we had this conversation. We want to have those every day. There's yeah. no reason why we don't wake up in the morning, all meet, have a safety meeting, and have a quick production meeting. This is our plan for the day. This is how we're gonna knock it down, and this is what we're gonna do. It's yeah. gonna create, you know, you're gonna have a workflow for the day. Everybody's gonna know exactly what's going on. There's not gonna be any confusion. Nobody's gonna lug their car to the wrong location which right by the right. way we can't do on this this project because the locations are not anywhere near each other oh wow like, a lot of them are outside then you have you know you have to figure out transportation too so that's another part of this that we are excited about but is definitely stressful is rvs and transportation you know we have a couple big actors working on this project um, janelle Parrish and jonathan bennett were announced they we're not going to have them just sitting outside like that that's not how that works yeah. so rvs and transportation all that stuff is is really exciting because it's another step you know it's another step where now now we have experience working with with this level of talent that will let us have you know we need an rv now we need a a, a honeycomb we need one of those things where everybody 
feel safe. And, and if we're shooting out <laughs> in the middle of a bog in Ireland, we're going to need, you know, everybody's going to need to have space where they feel comfortable and relaxed. It just adds a, another layer, another uh, aspect to it. Which yeah, I'm having excited. a comfort team. Yeah. Comfort yeah. team. Yeah. Hospitality. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's also like so necessary. Big time. Big yeah. yeah. I think it's, so. it, it's super cool for me to like be able to have you come on the podcast and just like in general to like be circling around each other like besides the fact that we're friends I mean just like <laughs> to be able to show people kind of the like two layers of like what is happening in the filmmaking world right now is like you've got us who are kind of doing this like smaller scale like we're shooting web series no budget like our thing the YouTube scale with, like, yeah like COVID compliance and all of that when you have no budget and then to also talk to you who's like on this end making like big features is really cool because like we get to be like, well, our experience is like gorilla on the ground, like running through everything. And to hear you be like, I mean, we're doing the exact same thing, but with more money and like yeah. a bigger scale is really cool to be able to show those comparisons. I like it. I think, I think what people don't realize is, especially when you have a team that you've been working with for a while, like, like we have, like I, I've known Miles and Anthony for a long time now and we get each other really well. But that also means on set, I think Jacob can, can attest this, on set we're still like, there's still parts of us where somebody will look over and we're being goofy and stupid, you know? Like it still feels like we are gorilla. Working with like, your friends. Like, yeah. yeah, we're like, it still feels like, oh, this is, this is just like another little project that we're doing. But then, you know, it quickly snaps, you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I got Jonathan Bennett sitting on this couch in front of me. I got to relax. <laughs> oh, oh shit, that guy across the room from me gave us $100,000 to make this movie. Right. I should probably yeah, I need to. I need to lock in, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't think, I think when you're, when you're doing it with the right people, I, I don't think it changes much to be honest. Yeah. I think at least the atmosphere between you shouldn't change much besides the fact that, Hey, we need to be a little more adult. We need to be more professional. We have a lot of other people here that, that don't feel the same way that we do about this project. They're here to get a check. They're here to do this. You know, I, I think, I think you realize that pretty quickly. Um, Cause like, you no, know, I'm, for, for a producer, I would say I'm pretty young to be doing feature films. I think besides Jacob, I think maybe you and, and I think Susanna, I was the youngest person there. And I think it's funny. I actually, I don't know. I don't know when your birthday is, but who cares? We were all really young. You know, we're all in that same age group and everybody working around us is older and has 20, 30 years. So um, to put on a, a face and to put on, not even a face, just to take all the experience that I have and, and make that professional side of me um it, it was hard but i think um i think you snap into it really quickly i actually think it's super when you have all that stress and all that everything going on i don't think i think you just run with it like i don't yeah. think it changes much from what you guys are doing now to what what i, I don't i really don't think it changes much at all no. i think you guys are, are going to have that opportunity and you're going to realize very quickly that you're going to cut into that little <laughs> like jokey and then you're going to be like, okay, so this is what I have to do. You know, Logan's going to snap into that, Jacob. You're going to, you know, totally. uh, I don't think that changes much. I think people, people will realize that uh, if, if they ever, which I hope a lot of the black folks people get to that spot, um, which I think they will because you guys have a lot of great stuff going on. I think it's, it'll be interesting. You guys will have that moment where you're like, damn, yeah. you know, this still feels like what it did Us. before, which yeah. is why you want to keep doing it, which is why I'm so invested in it. You know, because um, I've worked on other films. We've all worked on other films, and sometimes, like, it feels like a drag. I'm not that invested. I'm yeah, not, you know, this isn't my project, you know. 
you've also shown up to the place where like even the producers are like we're doing this for the paycheck like we're doing this because we've been working on this show for like three seasons and like it's just a steady paycheck let's just run this gig right like i don't want to work on at least for me like in personal projects i don't want to work like that i I never want to be in a place where i'm like and we're doing this project and like it's whatever i guess it's like if i'm ever looking at a project of like i guess we're doing this then like there's some something's not working right and look everybody everybody needs a paycheck at the end of the day everybody oh, needs yeah. to get paid but i agree with you entirely 100 your goal is to is to have that passion project that you get invested in. and jacob i talked to you about this when we were on set a couple times i said look man you're going to realize very quickly which i'm sure you already do no most of the people here don't care as much as you at all not even close they are coming here to do their job. They want to do it well. They want to get good references, but they don't give they don't give a rat's ass about the story. They don't care. Like they don't care about the continuity. They don't care about all this other stuff. They really don't. They don't care about everything going on, which they should. I you know you, you can't blame them for that. Like I don't blame anybody for that. But at the same time, you take on that weight, and that's what makes it so special for you is because you have to really realize that hey, this is everything to me. This is my yeah. passion project. You really have to look at everything at once and that i think that that gets overwhelming but yeah i I, we had a couple of those conversations where i got i think i got frustrated i was talking to you about something i got frustrated i "I don't understand like this is like it's a big project you know all this stuff like why is there some people that are just not nearly invested people show up like kind of miserable and Mm -hmm. yeah we had the conversation i think we ended up just talking about yeah some people just they're not as invested and that's okay that's not a problem but you know it, it turns into one of those things where where you're like, like, why isn't this person doing their job? Yeah. <laughs> well, we had those conversations too. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was uh, that was tough. That's that's a tough realization to have is that some people are. I mean, that's that's life though. Some people are just yeah. not going to be as invested. Um, I've been, I was working on Fire Island months before we started shooting. So yeah. like, I mean, yeah, we, I, we had our first conversation about it like six months before you guys yeah, even announced. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, long time. So we had we had, had that in, in the back pocket ready to go. And um, so, yeah, we, we were working on it for a long time. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of pre. I remember when we did, uh, I think we did your interview. I remember, I think you said that Jonathan Bennett was coming on to the movie and then we finished the interview and you were like, so I'm not sure if I was actually allowed to say that. Yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely let's, could not. <laughs> let's hold that that point. But like, you guys know that now, but we can't say that. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, no, I, I, you just get so excited that sometimes. Oh you know, yeah. But but thank you guys for blowing it out. But now that it's all public, Jonathan Bennett was in it, and he's in our next one. And he's yeah. great. He's great. He is great. <laughs> Ramsey, how, what percentage would you say are the people who you work with that you like know personally and that like your coworkers know personally and how, what percentage of it is like outreach to like, we um, need a guy, let's look for a guy. I say, I would say all the higher, all the higher up people, producers, AD, everybody that we were working with at, on Fire Island were, were connections. Um, mm-hmm. with people that we, I, not me personally, but Miles and Anthony had known. Um, and now obviously I'm connected with them. Um, and we still talk all the time. Um, a lot of those people you get to know beforehand. And and that's another thing that goes into it that I, I think a lot of people don't realize is you, we've had, we had conversations with a ton of different people from a ton of different departments, departments months beforehand. This person mm-hmm. didn't work out. 
because we had a bunch of conversations with them. They weren't on the same page or we didn't like their direction. Sorry. Right. You know, it, it goes a long way, but you end up building a connection with that person. I would say, honestly, only 30 to 40 percent, maybe, are people that we, we had known beforehand, had known previously. Obviously, you guys uh, came from me. Miles and Anthony brought in um, Ante um, and Rob Simmons. Uh, they brought in Harry and a lot of their guys, right? Now, we, we hired a bunch of our team. Um, Kelly, we had known uh, previously. Yeah, you know, I, I would say I, maybe it's actually close to 50%. For that film, it was around 50%, um, which I, I like that because I like knowing what I'm going to get. I don't, I don't, it, there's a comfort built, comfortability and there's a trust that I can have. When I have yes. you and, and, and Jeremy and Susanna on set, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. I, I, I know that you guys are going to work hard because we have a, a mutual respect for each other and we're going to be able to work well together, really well. And I think, obviously, that show, um, yeah. I think the rest of the cast and crew were like, those guys were dope. So <laughs> I think that works really well, yeah. right? And I think when you know people and trust everybody, you build an atmosphere and you build um, a connection with a lot of people quicker uh, just because you already have that sense of camaraderie beforehand. Um, yeah. Like... Ante, for example, Ante is a good example. I didn't know Ante beforehand, but on, we, you know, I met him on the scouting trip, and we got to know him more and more and more as it went on. So you build trust with somebody. Um, yeah. And the people that I don't know, the people that we had no idea who they were, they're connected in some way. There's a there's six degrees of separation. They're connected right. to Ante, who brought him in on this project four years ago and really liked his work. So he was like, "Hey, I suggest this guy." Most of them, I would say, most of them were suggestions. And be like, hey, I know this guy. You should bring Andrew. him on. Out, yeah. Our personal team, the, the people that we brought on, I would say it was around thirty to fifty percent, and the rest of them were suggestions and, and through interviews and stuff. Well, that was great because I loved the experience of meeting people that you guys trusted. You know, yeah. And yeah. like, there's there's a sense of like having mutuals in that like you get to know them and like see why they are trusted and why they are picked, and you're like, yeah. I, I I get it, yeah, and it's 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 great. I had a great time on that set. There, was... There's a there's a other side to that too, where you see why maybe somebody wasn't your first choice, or maybe somebody you didn't bring in, like it wasn't your personal choice. <laughs> True that. Yeah, you see you see someone who you brought in just because you knew a guy and not because. Yes. Yeah. I've yes. also I've I've we've had those situations where it's like you bring somebody in and you're like halfway through and you're like this wasn't okay. Not the next one. Not the next one. Got it. Right. Right. And I think making an impression is so incredibly important because honestly, if if you go by what I just said, suggestions and bringing people in that you already know, and this guy's going to come in because he knows this guy and, you know, you work together on this one and he's like, hey, this that's making a good impression on everybody around you is the, when you're working on a film, might be the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, Final final question, I think, on this kind of front is like similar to Jacob's question, but slightly different. Was there a single person on this project that didn't have a connection to anyone on the project was just an entire like outsource hire? Like cast, crew, anybody? Oh, cast, yeah. Cast, yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Almost all the cast. Okay. I would say, yeah, actually, I think the entire cast. We didn't bring anybody on. Actually, we brought one guy on. One guy on that we knew. Um, previously and had worked with previously, but everybody else was, the cast was completely uh, from a casting director. You know, we used a bunch of different resources. Um, Great cast, by the way. I loved, yeah, I loved getting to know them and yeah, 
they're really cool. They're great. It was a great group. Everyone clicked so well. Yeah, that was that was very exciting. But I think crew-wise, I actually do not know if there was a single person that was hired that hadn't worked with somebody previously already. Yep. I think that was I kind of thought you were gonna say that just because like just based on what you're saying, like everything in this industry is impressions. Everything is like, even if you personally didn't know the people that were coming in, like every guy I trust does. Yeah, you want the guarantee. You want the like, okay, my buddy Todd said that this guy is great. So this guy's going to be great. So we're going to bring him in. And that's, I think that's the other thing in the industry is that reputation is everything. That like, if if your friend Todd says that like, Michelle is great, and you bring in Michelle, and she's terrible. Well, then that hurts. Todd, Todd. buddy. Todd, Todd buddy, what are you why, doing? why are you bringing me people that aren't working? Todd, I don't ever want to see Michelle again. Yeah. God. <laughs> Never again. Not gonna happen. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. I just think that's. I think that's important for people to just be aware of, just as you're going through the business. Is like yeah, work. Work on as many projects as you can, and, yeah. and honestly. Don't, don't burden people. Don't, you know, go out of your way to like act like the guy that everybody knows. Don't be that guy or don't be that girl or whatever. Just always be open. You know, if somebody's there, you can have conversations with everybody, you know, say good morning. It's really easy to say, Hey, good morning. Um, Whatever it is, whatever department you're working on. Another thing is stick to your department. Yeah. (laughs) Don't go around touching everything else. It's not, People actually hate that more than anything. I've, I've noticed is if you are not in the sound department, don't go anywhere near the sound stuff. I don't care if the boom falls over; don't touch it. It's not yours to touch. Right. Um, if, but if, you you but, can still be you can still be considerate and ask somebody, "Hey, do you need help with something? I have a moment. Do you mind, do you need help with anything? I can help you move this." Yeah. You know, you always ask permission first. You always say, "Hey, I'm available for for five minutes before I'm called. Can I help you with something?" Yeah. And that, that goes a long way. And if that's all the conversation you have with the sound department is, that's fine. Yeah. But it might it might spark you to the point where the sound guy was like, oh, yeah, this guy was really nice. Yeah, really cool guy. You know, if somebody asks about you, who knows? I mean, it's it's all that. It's that, That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's all that. It's the cardinal rule of theater. It's don't touch another actor's prop. Because, like, exactly. if, you pick, if you pick up the boom pole in the wrong way, like, the boom pole fell over. Okay, great. But if I pick yeah. it up the wrong way and I rock the microphone slightly and then it breaks, then there's an issue. Huge. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Way to go, Todd. Way to go, Todd. <laughs> this, was, this was just a fucking fantastic conversation about filmmaking. I, we're, what, like 45 minutes, 56 minutes in. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We could probably so, go for another hour. <laughs> oh, easily. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to just quickly take us through some of the movies that are coming out this week and then we can share some of the stuff that we've been like watching and consuming and then we'll wrap this little baby up. All right. Uh, so actually a lot of shit came out this week. I was kind of surprised. Um, there is a documentary for, uh, I'm going to share some of it, not all of it. The rest of it is in the description. Uh, there's a documentary by Netflix called Pray Away, which is directed by Christine Stolakis. It's the story about the kind of conversion therapy pray the gay away Mm. movement and all the people that were like the faces of that that are now coming out like 20 years later being like i was lying i like was trying to hide who i was none of it worked none of it was true and so like showing the comparison between that and the kind of new movement of rather than pray the gay away like pray the trans away uh Mm. kind of like comparing those two movements as they are Mm. there is uh beckett which is a new john david washington movie i know jeremy is going to want to watch that so shouting that out for him 
The Suicide Squad, which I'm actually really excited for. Yay, superhero movie. Ramsey, I'm, I'm seeing your reaction, buddy. I'm sorry. I love James. The first Bond. one was terrible, man. New I'm just director. nervous. New director. Right I'm now. believing. I'm having faith. Uh, I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. I get it. I get it. We've got uh, a movie called Annette, which is uh, Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard, uh, which was written by the Spark Brothers. It's a musical, like, dramedy. It looks really cool. I think it looks okay. super interesting. Adam Driver? Yeah, Adam Driver. <laughs> nice. Adam Driver in a musical. Um, oh, boy. We've got Vivo, which I know that Jacob right. will probably watch, Sony Entertainment's first animated film. Yeah, uh written by Chiara Allegria Hudes. So yay for female writers and female directors. Uh, we've got a movie called She-Ball, which is directed by Nick Cannon. Uh, so Nick Cannon uh -huh. directing a movie. Uh, this will be a trip. Yeah, that he co-wrote with uh, Glenda L. Richardson. So black director and female writer. There's also Infinitium, Subject Unknown. Uh, which is uh, written by Tori Butler Hart and directed by her husband, Matthew Butler Hart. I always find couple projects interesting, projects of like a husband and a wife. Yeah. The documentaries Val, which is about Val Kilmer and Ailey, which is about the head of Alvin Ailey, both got uh, like bigger releases. They went from being limited to like being seen by more people. Great. The Last Matinee uh, is being directed by Maximiliano Contenetti. He is a South American director, John and the Hole, which is starring uh, Michael C. Hall. Uh, it's about Ooh, a like little Michael boy who traps his family in a hole. It's like a psychological thriller uh, <laughs> being uh, directed by Pascual Sisto, another Spanish director. Nice. The Macaluso sisters uh, is being written and directed by uh, Emma Dante, who co-wrote with uh, Elena Stan Canelli and Giorgio Vasta, so women writer, women director, yay. And then finally, what we left unfinished is uh, five feature films from com communist era Afghanistan and the people who went to like massive lengths to make them. Uh, and that is directed by Miriam Ghani, uh, wow. who is an uh, Afghanistan female director. So a lot of women directors lately, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Film I was just working on had a, a, um, a female director as well. Fuck um, yeah. Rock, A.B. Rockwell. So it was, I believe it's her first feature. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited and really, I hope it really does well well for her. Yeah, and Amazing. when that comes out, we'll, we'll bring you back on to talk about it a little bit, share your experience about that one. That'd be great. Uh, speaking Amazing. of things that we're doing in the art world, Jacob or Ramsey, whichever one of you wants to start, uh, is there anything you guys are like watching this week that you want to share? Last night, I actually saw The Devil All the Time. Ooh. That uh, I recommend watching it only once. Don't ever watch it again. Okay. It is morbid. It is hard to watch. It's a great film with an excellent cast. Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson. It's a very good cast. It's, yeah. um, it's hard to watch. Just in the way that it, it, throughout a movie, a lot of movies will bring you up and up and up and up and up. This one just keeps going. Just straight nose dive down and you're really waiting for that oh man like pursuit of happiness nice no <laughs> yeah. no there is nothing no the devil all the, all the time it does not end so we watched that last night I, I do suggest watching it i think it's a great great take on like it's like super culty but not really it's super christian super it's like it's really interesting super interesting 
that and the other film I watched, I've seen it a couple times, but I watched it again. Um, Bad Times at the El Royale. Great Ooh. film. Yes. Star-studded cast. Great movie. Um, I don't even know what genre I'd put in. Thriller. It's, it's funny. It's, an, it's kind of an action movie, but it's a thriller. It's psychological. Yeah. Is that the one with John Hamm? Is John Hamm in that John movie? John Hamm, yeah. yeah. John Hamm. Um, I believe Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, we got... I mean, there's a ton of Dakota Johnson. There's a ton of great actors. In yeah, nice. I saw that movie. That was a good one. Yeah, banger for sure. Nice, very nice. I have been watching Formula One racing, motorsports. It's been going crazy. Esteban. Um, other than that, not really. I haven't really been watching TV or movies. Really, I've been rewatching like some Marvel movies, but they don't nice. count. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, shout out to the um, U.S. women's national team on bronze um, and shout out to the U.S. men's national team on the Gold Cup W. So hey. big soccer around the world. Love that for the boys and the Whoa. girls. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Other than that, that's that's all I've been consuming besides work and sleep. That's about it. <laughs> Amazing. <Yeah>. Logan, <laughs> what about you? Watching anything cool? Uh, finished uh, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which had a very interesting end of the first season. Uh, watching season two of Ted Lasso. I found out today that the writers originally intended the first three episodes of season two to be watched back to back to back instead of being released weekly. So I'm going to try and watch all three of those like just wow. in continuation, um, which makes a lot of sense because like having watched all three episodes separately, I'm now like, this was one arc that like mm -hmm. should have been just self-contained as those three episodes. Um, mm. So I like that a lot. Uh, it kind of feels like the first three episodes are like the prologue before the season begins. It's like, let's set everything up so that like the yeah. cool things can come. You need that um, transition from season one to season two. Yes, it's Can't like season 1.5 is those three episodes. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Formula One Drive to Survive we're still watching through. We're working a lot, so I've been super busy. Honestly, I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah. That's haven't right. really been watching anything else. Been been super busy. <sighs> Trying to get a bunch of stuff good. done. Good, that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Work mode. Work yeah. mode. Uh, Ramsey, thank you so much for joining us for this little like hour long conversation. This is fucking great. Absolutely, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we we can uh, turn the recording off and, and afterwards we'll we'll get some food or something and, and continue a little bit more on the conversation. I'll tell you all the stuff I can't announce publicly. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, with that, we're we're signing off for now. So for all of us at Black Holes, I am Logan Riley Bruner. I'm Jacob Wade. And I'm Ramsey Hyman. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody.